Hey, Sense fans. Welcome to episode number eight of the New Era Sense podcast. Today, you are joined by myself, Nick, our co-host, Noah, and our new co-host, Jacob LaRiviere. He's actually our producer at most times, but he's joined us full-time as our co-host. So good to have you, Jacob, and uh, welcome, boys. How are you guys doing? So, so far, I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, got a lot of stuff done. Uh, love, love him joining us, uh, joining the team as he, as, he, uh, as he co-host. I was already joining the team as a producer, but it's fun to have a more expanded role. I'm also joining the site as an editor too now, so that's fun too. Yeah, there you go. How about you? Yeah, awesome. Moving on up. Yeah, no, I didn't uh, didn't do a whole lot today. Didn't get up to a whole a whole lot. Kind of just uh, hunkered down for the day in between in between work days and uh, get ready to go back to work tomorrow. Hey so, man, like, those are the best kind of days anyway. Oh, yeah. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Noah, you're not All right. as good as always. Good as always. No, not this time. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> the classic line it's great All right, it's, it's uh, well, great as uh, always great as always this time there you go that's that's, <laughs> that's better well anyways boys so today we are december 10th and right now actually there is the und game they're facing uh minnesota duluth it's tied 1-1 um heading into um the third period so that that'll be interesting to keep a tab on and i think we'll we'll have it over in the, in the background as we as we go on with this podcast um, but evidently they're they're missing Sanderson uh, and Clevin, and I think you can sort of tell you know um, how how much they're missing him. Uh, uh, both of those guys right now, um, not that they're not performing. I, I mean they're still doing um, well enough, I would say. But uh, you can almost tell within the first few games that Sanderson has been a, a huge presence on that back line, and um, you know they're off for the World Juniors right now, so. Um, that's a little bit what I wanted to touch on first. Um, our guys at the World Juniors, uh, we did get news that uh, Ridley Gregg would not be back with Team Canada. Uh, we obviously have Yarventi with Team Finland, most likely. Um, and yeah, so let's dive into that, boys. Are you guys excited to see them represent their countries this year? I'm always excited to watch the World Juniors. The World Juniors is a fantastic uh, event to showcase all types of skill, whether it be physical or mental or you know skating shooting whatever anybody can thrive and that's the fun part about the about the world juniors but it's best on best oh yeah for sure and the thing is um it got to the point i i I just want to mention this is that it got to the point where uh i think more people were interested uh in the last world juniors than the last olympics as they were going on at the same time um and that was because there weren't any nhl players at the olympics but it it still feels like it's a best on best scenario in the world juniors you're still getting the best players that you can possibly get at under 20 you didn't get that in the Olympics. You had you had amateur, which is yeah. fantastic on its own, but it's it's no NHL. It's no best on best. Mm. So it, it, it's always nice to watch the World Juniors. Well, and, especially this year too, we're getting players, you know, like Kirby Doc, for example, who did play in the NHL last year, um, returning and, and representing Canada this year. So you look at the American team; they're also you know, another stack team heading into this tournament. So you, obviously you got the two favorites in Canada and the USA, but um, you also have Germany where, you know, Timmy, one of our own is probably going to be, you know, captaining that team this year. 
Um, so that'll be cool to watch. And I think a lot of people are, are really excited to see Timmy in action and, you know, against people his own age, just to see his dominance. And I think that's that's one thing I really want to see from Timmy is is really, you know, take over the ice and, and really be a dominant figure every time he's on the ice. Um, so I'm I'm super excited to see that because I think a lot of Sense fans are just dying to see content for Timmy. Um, I was I was really just about to say that is that we haven't seen anything. There hasn't been any practices. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been. It was literally like it was literally the first day that he got injured. Right? He skated yeah. into somebody and broke his hand or broke his wrist. So it, it we've literally seen nothing post draft. So it, it yeah. Watching Timmy is going to be, it's going to be a, a catnip for all <laughs> Sen fans. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And um, before we continue, I'd like to add in that as of today, I think it was released today or yesterday at some point soon, that obviously, so Team Sweden was looking for a new head coach as the head coach went down with COVID, right? Yeah. Go to. The two names that I can think of off the top of my head that, 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 that was released to be being considered are the current... Um, Assistant uh, coach for the New York Rangers. I forget his name, but he's in contention for head coaching spot there. And mm -hmm. also, Senators great. Senators true. Daniel Alfredson. I believe it's. I, I I believe just I believe it's the assistant coach of the Kitchener Rangers, not okay, the yeah, New York Rangers. Yeah, yeah. I saw Rangers and I was like, okay, it's got to be the yeah. Rangers. Yeah. No, it would definitely be cool. I to believe see it's the Kitchener. I'm, I'm checking it out. I'm checking it out right. Now. Yeah, you're most likely right, and it's what most. Bad. Andreas Carlson. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, hey, I would probably end up cheering for Sweden to win just just to see Alfie behind the bench. I yeah. think that would be really yeah. cool, you know. But um, I mean, it would be a big step for him going from you know coaching that, yeah, sure. at uh, uh, the Sting here in Ottawa. This is you know minor leagues here. Uh, it would yeah. be a pretty pretty big change for him to go up and. Uh, ch uh, and be coaching at the World Juniors. So, what, um, what do you think? At one point, yeah. What do you, What do you think that if that, like, if he does really well in the World Juniors, which Sweden usually does, because they're Sweden, they have their fifty-two and zero unbeaten streak or whatever for thirteen years or something. And uh, what 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 happens if he like just blows away the crowd or the the competition with? Uh, tactical genius you think Here's, you think ottawa looks at him and says yeah you might you might want to come back uh, as an assistant coach here's my <laughs> thought on that i'll let you start first um i think that we could see really see alfredson being like sort of sheldon keith kind of guy where right after he maybe it wasn't right after he tried but sheldon keith started right after he tried went straight into coaching he bought the local uh, junior team at my hometown to the pembroke kings he led them to six straight championships he slowly moved his way up I think I could potentially see something like this happen for, for Albertson. I think that if he um, does get the head coaching gig in uh, Sweden and does well, I think he could start maybe somewhere in the OHL. Like maybe not right away in the NHL because that's an insane job to start in the NHL as your first professional yeah. coaching yeah, yeah. gig, right? But I could definitely see him learning stuff in the minors, like learning stuff in the, in the juniors and more, 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 wait, making his way up like Sheldon Keith did in Toronto. Yeah, well, or it's definitely even DJ uh, Smith here in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, that's like DJ yeah. Smith. He he started in uh, Oshawa. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, just Oshawa. Yeah, well, hey boys, I just want to mention back um, on the topic of the World Juniors and what I'm excited to to see. 
Um, there's a few things, but um, what I'm, I'm really excited to, to, to watch firsthand is Sanderson go up against Bowen Byram of the, the Canadian team. Um, sort of a similar situation. Um, you know, um, we, we did lose our, our, first, uh, our fourth selection of that year, and Colorado ended up getting the, the pick with uh, Bowen Byram at number four. Um, and then, you know, the, the next year right after, we ended up getting San Jose's pick, so we ended up getting two picks in the top five and selecting Sanderson with our second pick at number five. So sort of, um, you know, a pick where we ended up getting a player that we, we sort of missed out on the year before, if you if you want to say. Um, but two two similar players in a sense that they're, you know, both, uh, you know, very well-rounded defensemen. Uh, I'm super excited to see them, you know, go up against each other because it's sort of a situation of, you know, what could have been where we could have had Bowen Byram the previous year or, you know, we, we might have not taken Sanderson with that pick if that was the case. So are you guys excited to see that or what's your the, thoughts? The thing is, yeah, I'm excited for that. But if you, if you really want to compare uh, of, of having either Jake Sanderson or Bowen Byram, I think the proper uh, one would be having either uh, Bowen Byram or Brady Kachuk, because that's what the real situation was. No, but I the yeah, the whole I, I the whole idea it, but... the whole idea was that like say if we had that pick as opposed to uh as opposed to picking I get well we picked nineteenth with Lassie Thompson because of uh, the trade, but if we didn't make that Duchesne trade and we had the fourth overall pick exactly. the year after Brady Kachuk, if we pick Bowen Byram. I don't think we take Jake Sanderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. But that these two players, they were p- both involved in a in a trade uh, that, or they were both involved with teams that traded top four picks in that draft. They were in both, a sense. In a well, sense. They, like the, like I say, they were involved with the team. It wasn't that exact pick for Sanderson, but it, they're involved with the same team. Yeah, and it, yeah I know it's, what you mean. It's, they were picked one year apart. They're a very similar style of defenseman. You could argue, I think, that Bowen Byram has a little bit more offensive capability, whereas Sanderson has more of that shutdown defensive role on lock. But at the same, at the same time, they're basically the same player going head-to-head against the two you know, biggest uh, teams in the tournament yeah it, it's sports is crazy man and it's yeah. even funnier considering that jake sanderson is a lefty and um full barm is a righty so they're gonna see mm-hmm. a lot of each other you know yeah hey maybe if we never did that duchene trade we ended up getting bone byram and you oh. know sanderson was on the board the next year uh who knows man we we you know Imagine we might have still pick sanderson dude exactly and that would have been really cool to see. Obviously, we don't get the best of both worlds, but we do still end up getting Sanderson. So um, what I expect to see is, is Sanderson shine, and I think you know he'll have a big role. I, I don't think it'll take too long to settle in and uh, for the U.S. team to notice how good he really is. Um, you know, and he'll play big minutes, and I think you know just to see him uh, against Bowen Byram on the same ice will be uh, really interesting to see. But um, you know what? I'm happy that we, we still ended up picking uh, Sanderson, and that's going to be a cool matchup to see this year, boys. Yeah. I have a question. Who do you think performs better in the World Juniors, Sanderson or Byron? 
I kind of want to lean Byram simply just because he's a little a year older and more experienced. But part of me wants to say Jake Sanderson because I'm being optimistic. Um, for for that, yeah, I have to I have to look at Byram for the sole fact that as much as I like Team America, the team around Byram just makes Byram just a complete juggernaut. Fair. Like, look at it. Doesn't matter who he gets paired with. It look it. It feels like with with Sanderson, he he could struggle. You could get that that non offensive part creep in. You can get that. It, it feels like you can, and it, I I don't know. It just doesn't feel like that's going to be possible with Byron with the amount of talent surrounding him. That now like. Like I said, that's not saying America's a bad team. I've already said that they're probably, if not one of the best, like one of the second best teams yeah. in the tournament. Yeah, it, you can't you can't argue with guys like Drysdale might be on his side. And look at how Drysdale played last year. Look at how he's going to play this year too. Oh. Anyways, all right. So going off of that, I mean, who's your early favorites to win the tournament, boys? Like who and why? Oh, I being a Canadian, I have to say Canada, and um, I just have to say Canada. I think they're clearly a favorite every year. But being a Sens fan and having the potential of Daniel Alfredson starting his professional coaching career with a World Junior Cup win, he doesn't even have the job yet. But if that were to happen, that would be like orgasmic, almost. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see Sweden winning just because they they lost so many players due to COVID. But I yeah. mean. Sure, uh, but my early favorite would, would definitely be Team USA. I think Sanderson is, is sort of still underrated for a lot of people, and I, I think the American team itself, like, they're, they're very, very good, and, you know, I think their offense is elite, and, you know, going off last year, you know, they had a sort of disappointing tournament, and I, I think they'll just be hungrier this year, and, um, you know, I think that ultimately will just put them over the edge, and, you know, they'll end up winning it, but who's to say that Canadians don't have a chance to win too? Uh, obviously a great team and clearly favorites for, for a lot of people. So um, I, I'd lean USA, but, um, you know, it's definitely possible that another team wins too. So, you know, that's a fantastic point that you mentioned about how uh, the USA are going to be much hungrier this year. Because yeah. I think last year, looking at their team, um, I think going into the tournament, I thought that they were going to be runaway favorites. To the mm. point where they were going to be undefeated, yeah. And I, I didn't think I didn't think even Canada had stood a chance. But it well, it, we know how that we know how that turned out. Um, fortunately, it turned out good for us. But I I think they're going to be I think they are going to be much hungrier. They're going to be looking for that for those wins as opposed to trying to just stem the tide, in a sense. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point, and you know anything could really happen, and that's why I love these tournaments. Is that every year, you know, you you, you see some you know some shock in, in a sense. There's always something to look out for, and um, you know, especially being in a bubble situation this year, things could be different. I really don't know. It depends if some guys are in shape or not, or you know, recovering from COVID or whatnot. Uh, there's a lot of va- uh, variables coming into play this year that could ultimately. Uh, be a difference maker for some teams. So that'll be interesting to keep a, an eye on. Uh, 
Um, but uh, also another bubble situation that's going on is uh, the NCHC uh, going on in Omaha right now. Our UND prospects uh, have had, you know, strong starts. And speaking of Sanderson, I mean, you, you, we all saw his first goal uh, for UND. I mean, fantastic. And you also saw Clevin as well get on the score sheet for. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, they didn't really expect, you know, Tyler Clevin to, you know, be able to 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 make a goal like that or, or even have some offensive skill. And I think that's a, a very good surprise. And um, you know, speaking of our other guys like Pinto. He's he's been super strong on the faceoffs. I think he's been over seventy five percent in in faceoff percentage, and I mean that that's incredible to see for sure. Um, so, what do you guys think of their strong sides so far? I think. I think uh, oh, go ahead. I think the start's been really interesting. Like, sure, they they lost the last game, but it, nothing will undefeat it, right? I think it's definitely they they're they're proven to be one of the best teams, if not the best team in. The league at this moment sure they're losing a lot of players right now due to the uh due to the world juniors but i think with them being such a strong team i think they're going to start having other players step up and be really good like they have some of the best players in college hockey right now well where where were they last year right exact same spot yeah like they they're they're a, an unbelievable program they've only been producing <clears throat> mass superstars for years <laughs> I mean, didn't Jonathan Taves go to North Dakota? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Is that right? He did. He did. I'm, I'm fairly sure he did. That's a he pretty did. big name, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, we've seen Will Annan come up through for the Sens, and we've seen, obviously, JBD and Clevin and Sanderson and Pinto. And now we're, we're getting to see these guys. We're, we're getting to see these guys play because there isn't anything else to watch. Yeah. So so we're sort of focusing a bit more on them, which we get to uh, pick apart their play a little bit more and get to watch them actually play as opposed to just watching like, oh, Sens are playing tonight, so I'm just going to watch the highlights of the UND game after. Mm. You know? <laughs> we're actually watching the full game, so we get to see these guys really playing the full the full 60 minutes. It's really cool. Yeah, no, and uh, exactly. I, I haven't really given that much detail uh, looks to some of these guys. And just looking at Pinto and, you know, his effect on the ice, like it's so important and so crucial to have a guy that can win those offensive zone faceoffs and as clean as he does as well. I mean, he, he's always winning those battles as well in the corners. Um, he, he just seems like a terrific guy that you would want in, you know, specific situations, uh, you know, is he's also a clutch player. He scored in his first game last year for, for UND. He scored the overtime uh, winning goal to uh, get the, the, the cup last year. Um, so, I mean, just having a guy that can play in those clutch situations is, is super important. And watching him play right now, uh, getting two assists on the, in his first game, uh, this season it's just incredible to see and i think a lot of people are you know they're they're quite pleased to see um you know a guy that got drafted in the second round be able to perform at this high level and we've seen in the world juniors last year um you know and we hope to see it this year with with sanderson and clevin at the world juniors so i'm very pleased and i'm you know paying attention to these games have been nothing but great things you know just love to watch them play those are great points. I think it's definitely this program is an amazing program, and there's going to be a lot of great players coming out of it. And I can't wait to see what happens. 
I think that's uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Absolutely. So, I got a question for you guys. Sure. What's up? Speaking with all this uh, Canadian team and this big Canadian all Canadian division, I want to know how you guys feel about the rest of the prospects in the league. So I'm gonna go over I'm gonna go over a list of well, who I I think are gonna be the most um, influential uh, players next year or prospects for every Canadian team. One guy per team. I want you guys to tell me who you think is going to be the most out of all of them. Sure. So we've got Tim Stutzel for the Senators. We have Romanov here for the Habs. I think, I think Romanov is going to be a steadfast, fantastic two-way defenseman. I think he's going to play a lot like Ivan Provorov. And I think he's going to be stepping into the NHL next year. It's, sure. it's, uh, you got Nick Robertson with the Leafs. I think he's going to be stepping in next year, and he's going to be playing in a top six role um, in Winnipeg. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving you. Well, I'm giving you a uh, who I who I think. If you wanna, if you wanna okay. mention somebody who you think is going to be better than who I think, then go for it. But yeah, no but uh, then in Winnipeg we have Christian Veselainen. I think he, you know, he's he's been he's been named for years, but he's still a young guy who who is a big, powerful, fast forward who has all the skill in the world. He can, he can definitely uh, step in this year, especially with this uh, Winnipeg lineup that's looking a little bit, little bit barren here and there. Um, Calgary Calgary's looking nice with Jacob Pelletier. Uh, he's, been a, he's been a great player in uh, the QMJHL for the past two it's years. Pelletier. And, uh, Pelletier, my, yeah. my apologies. Um, that he's he's been a fantastic player, and I believe he is going to be representing Team Canada in the World Juniors this year. Uh, is he, or am I completely wrong about that? Quite sure. I don't listen to him. Anyways, anyways, uh, Edmonton has Philip Broberg, another fantastic defenseman, and Vancouver finally with Vasily Podkolzin. Mm, I think I think I think Vasily just just one more thing quickly here. Uh, I think Vasily Podkolzin is going to be a Brady Kachuk clone. Yeah, he's going to be a beast. I'm not going to say that's interesting. Kachuk clone, but I think he's going to be similar. Yeah, maybe more like Matt Kachuk. I can see that. Yeah. Look, it'll it'll definitely be a tougher division this year. I mean, you know, you we've seen all the Canadian teams and already the the western Canadian teams are already pretty big in terms of of, you know, their players and they they do play a rougher style. I mean, you look at the Calgary Flames, they're, you know, obviously led by Kachuk. I mean, that's just going to be really cool to see, but uh one of the guys that you didn't mention that I'm I'm really excited to see. I don't think he'll be the best rookie in a Canadian division, but I think he'll actually play uh, an important role for the Oilers, and that's Evan Bouchard. Um, oh, I mean, he's a beauty. He, he, he's very, very good, and also very, um, you know, he he does get the praise, um, but still a very complete defenseman in my eyes. I mean, he's still young, so he's obviously got things to work on, but you you seen him play last year in the AHL. That guy was very, very good, and I think, you know, he has a spot on the Oilers blue line to just really cement a top four role this year, especially on a 
good team with all the additions that they've they've made this year. I think you know he'll excel playing with with um, those guys this year in in Edmonton. I think you know that would be an early favorite of mine to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think yeah. he definitely has that potential. But one name I will mention too is Sir Romanov is a beauty, but you can't forget Cole Caulfield. I think mm-hmm. Cole Caulfield is definitely their top prospect. I understand why you why you 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 would class. Romanov higher because uh, Montreal definitely needs that. Defense. But but Cole I don't, I don't necessarily, won't be playing this year. I, I don't necessarily. Well, I, that's the thing is I don't necessarily want to say that Cole Caulfield is not as good of a prospect as Alex Romanov. I I believe like you know they're different players, so it's first of all hard to hard to compare themselves against each other. That's I just think fair. Romanov is gonna make more of an impact for the Habs this year. That's, as opposed that's to fair. Cole Caulfield will with the Habs this year. Yeah, that's fair. Well, like, well you know Cole Caulfield won't actually. be playing this year, though. Like he, he's still playing in the NCAA. Like I, no, but that's true. However, but you could he could come at the end of the year. Yeah, anyway. exactly. You know, it, we don't know, but I'm not I'm not discluding playoffs either. No, but if, that's what I'm saying. What happens if what, what happens if the Habs go on this? you know, miracle run and Romanov comes in and turns into Miro Heiskin in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like no, you never no. know. That, that's what I'm saying. If we're basing this off, off rookies who are going to be making the team right away, like from the start of the season, I mean, for, for the majority of the regular season anyway, um, you know, yeah, Cole, Romanov. Cole Caulfield. Yeah. Then, then yeah, 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 Romanov, yeah. Romanov definitely has the shout for yeah. much there for sure. Yeah. That's a very, that's a fair thank you. But yeah, I think, uh, I think out of all those names, I'm going to say, Timmy Stutzla or uh, Vasily Petrosian. Yeah, I, I, I personally think Petrosian is going to be more of a more of a thorn than people realize. Oh yeah, because the way like he plays with- is exactly the way that like Matt Kachuk plays. He he gets under your skin. He's big. He's fast. He'll get to the net. He'll push you. He'll shove you. He'll pry you. He'll poke you. He'll do everything he can to get you off your game. Yeah, the thing is, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but if I remember correctly, in his draft year, he was regarded as a offensive first, like a, like a pure sniper. He's definitely, like, if, if I'm right about that, he's definitely changed his game a lot, and I think that shows a lot of character, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, skill and ability on the ice. He, it was almost the entire year for that draft year. It was Jack Hughes, Capocacco, Vasily Podkolzin. Yeah, remember that. It was almost all year those three guys. Vasily Podkolzin was drafted the year before. He was drafted in 2018, so it was it was it was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So no, so the thing that I remember. Sorry, yeah, it was the year before. Sorry, the year the year that I remember. It was Dolan, um, Sveshnikov. Yeah, Sveshnikov, and then Podkolzin, but Podkolzin dropped off. Uh, Yeah, late in the year. I don't know why. I forget why. It's because he he had a lackluster KHL year because of lack of yeah he changed his game yeah he he had to though it was he had to in the sense that he was being put on third and fourth lines in a professional men's league and he wasn't scoring so he had to redefine his game and And that shows that how great of a player he is he's able to do that and dominate while doing that you know yeah exactly like he's 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 showing that he's able to put his his craft to another a a completely other area of the game yeah and still progress yeah just like uh uh like how um forgive me for all this for this but uh 
like Pajot was always regarded as the gritty. Oh, there's a goal. Guy. Yeah, Shane, yep. Shane Pinto. Yeah, no, I was just no. gonna say. There's a there's yeah. a Shane Pinto power play goal at 7:36 in the third period of uh, the Minnesota Duluth and North Dakota game to put them nice. up two to one. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, as I was saying, uh, um, for a while, Jean Evgeny Pajot was regarded heavily regarded as a bottom six fish patrol kind of guy who could contribute some off contribute some offense if he needed. But this year, he strictly played like a, like more of an offensive role, and he flourished. You know. But but so did uh, like so did Connor Brown. Yeah, that that too. Another another, another, another great comparison. Yeah, they, it, 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 I I can see I can see Pud Colson just turning into one of these like Swiss Army knife kind of players who yeah exactly. also has the ability to to really turn the offensive game up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, let's just move on to the next point here, boys. Um, there's a bit. Of, a sort of a bit of a talk here uh, for the NHL, maybe allowing some companies to sponsor and, you know, maybe add their brand, um, you know, on helmets. Uh, there's been, you know, a report on that uh, on Twitter that we've seen today. So what do you guys think? Like, obviously it'd be different than what the Europe hockey is doing because they're, they're filled with sponsors, but you know, would you like really it. mind? Would you really mind to see that on a helmet? I mean, if, if it's just like a little sticker, like, what do you guys think? I don't like it at all. Like it at all? I think that helmets are, are are like if you if you have a sticker on a helmet, it's gonna be way too distracting for players on the ice. They're gonna they might want to look at the sticker as as opposed to paying attention to the game. I think that's not a great idea. I think that personally, if the NHL wants to, like I get like like you don't nobody likes advertisements. That's for sure. Mm. But you have to have advertisements. I think there should be some sort of advertising that cannot distract the players at all. Like if like one one suggestion I have is sometimes I see them do this. Like for for TV, what they do is they have they they, they digitally put on mm-hmm, advertisements the on the by the net on top of the uh, on, mm-hmm. on top of the glass. It's not physically there, but it's there, and they can change it throughout the game so you can get more sponsors. Yeah, that's what I think should happen. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, dude, like especially with the the pandemic, I'm sure that you know teams that are cash strapped, it, it's sort of hard on them, and for for some teams, you know, to even pay rent for the venues is tougher yeah. than usual, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if if they're looking for ways, um, you know, to um start doing uh making more money, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, if it's for a short term, sure, and you know what, if we get used to it, I, I'm sure it won't be an issue. It'd be cool to see, you know, different teams with different sponsors. I mean, if the Sens get sponsored, I don't know, by uh, uh, Bud Light. I mean, <laughs> why not? See, I mean, <laughs> if, if there's got to be, like, sponsors, like, I, I think the helmet is a no-go. But I think, like, on the back of the jersey, underneath the number, if you have, like, a name, like, mm. it's like how, like, football, like, like soccer does it. Like, for FC Barcelona, they have UNICEF on the back of their jersey, on the bottom, underneath the... Uh, yeah. The, uh, the player, like the player number, I think something like that would be would be okay. Yeah. But I don't want to see too many ads on a jersey or on a helmet or on a player itself because at that point it doesn't <laughs> become it doesn't become an ad for the for the team. Yeah. Add for the player, and then it becomes all sorts of different legality issues there. Yeah, and you know what? Like, well, it's not the first sport to have all these sponsors. I mean, like you 100%. mentioned, uh, uh, soccer is mostly filled by sponsors, and yeah. look at well, the I NBA like too. Yeah, I like how soccer does it. They don't like burden an entire jersey with different sponsors. They have mm. one or two on the jersey. One, yeah, yeah. One on the front, one on the back. That's yeah. fine. 
No, and exactly. I mean, that's why. I mean, would you really be that against it if the NHL started doing that? I mean, I, I, I'd still watch your pocket. I wouldn't get really bothered by the sponsors. I, I still don't. But uh, there's, there's a limit. I think if it's just a sticker on a helmet, well, there's no problem for me. Um, but uh, it'll is, be how interesting big does the sticker have to be? Yeah, exactly. Because if it's a small sticker, you won't see it, which is which completely defeats the purpose. Because yeah, no, a big but one look, kind of distract. Look, I know, I know, but look at you know some what was it the Olympics last last year? They they had some on on the helmets, and I don't really mind it. I mean, if it's just at the front and it replaces the logo, I mean, hey, dude. I don't know about the front. I, I I'd be okay with like seeing it on like the back corner or something like that. I don't know. I don't know about the direct front because the when you look at a player from the direct front, you're trying to you're trying to uh, I don't know. You're trying to um, I don't even know how to describe this. Like you're trying to relate to the player almost because you can see their face. You can see their. That's why there was. That's why the huge. There was a huge controversy with the helmets back in the days because nobody could see any of the players. You couldn't. Mm. You couldn't tell who was who on the ice. Yeah. That- so, just adding a big stamp on the on your forehead. I, I don't know about putting it on the front of the helmet, but I I'd be I'd be okay with you know a little something on the back or. Maybe like just a, a little something on the sleeve, or I, it, just, it doesn't have to be big. It just has to be noticeable. And yeah, exactly. if we know if we know anything about uh, marketing and sports, is they're pretty good at being noticeable. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, here, boys, I just want to talk about my my last point here. Um, so I did write my first article for New Era Sens, and it was sort of a. It was titled "The Ottawa Senators in 2020 and 2021." It was a season with no expectations. So, do you guys really believe that there's no expectations this year? Because I, I did write in detail as to why I believe there wasn't. And I mean, do you guys think that it's a good thing that we we have no expectations going into this year to just you know um, play as hard as we can and you know make sure we grow our team that way. What do you guys to, think? To, like, to, I think this, like, if, I don't think we have no expectations, but I think we have some, we have limited expectations. I think fans want the Sens to do better than they did last year. I don't think we want the Sens to make playoffs. It doesn't make sense for us to challenge playoffs mm-hmm. this year. But I think we want to see growth and we want to see more of a transition from the old team to the new team. Transition is perfectly fine. We've, we've, we have zero players from the 2017 Cup run. So that part we're, we're doing fine on. But I think we need to grow as a team because last year we finished thirtieth in the league. I want to see us finish at least twenty fifth. You know, I want. I think that's fine. a fantastic point. I think that's bang on. I I, I think that, you, you know, the 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 idea that we have absolutely no expectations is a it's little wrong. bit. It, it's a little bit off. It because you like to you like to think that you're going to progress. You want to set a little, at least, at least a little bit of a benchmark for guys like, you know, Norris. It, you, you hope Norris gets at least ten goals, or you hope uh, like Batherson, you know, gets in at least sixty-five games. Or yeah. I guess since it's going to be a, a yeah. mini season, then you know, forty think- games or whatever. You, you hope to see a little benchmarks here and there. You don't yeah. want to see like a massive, like you said, you don't want to see them make the playoffs, or you don't want to. Like think that they're gonna make them, the yeah. playoffs. You don't. You don't expect to make the playoffs. Yeah. If we make the playoffs. Cool. Whatever. If we make yeah. the playoffs, 
cool. That's you it. Know? But well, that's like, what I'm saying. That's that. That was my argument in the article. Was that uh, we're not a team that you know, like Toronto, we 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 have to make the playoffs or we have right. to make it past the first round. So ultimately, this <laughs> season, if we exceed you know any expectation, it's to have a good year, and that's not even an expectation. You know, we should ultimately be focusing on i mean we we'd expect to have a good year but a good year in sense fans terms is to at least play as hard as we can that's the, really <laughs> the only expectations we we set out for this team right now because we know i think ultimately a lot of people do uh we don't you know see the sense being a playoff team and we, we all know that right so the only expectations which are really none at all is the fact that we hope this team to play as hard as we can and develop some chemistry even and, you know, get our prospects to develop a little bit. So that was my sort of point of view. But there's also, you know, negatives to, um, you know, a shortened season as well and, and things that could come into play. But um, you know what, dude, I think this year for the Sens is, is the least worrisome out of all Canadian teams. And I think, you know, if we end up, you know, finishing at the bottom, then, you know, ultimately a lot of people will be happy with that result too, right? So... Um, this is not a year that pressure is on our backs to go out and perform and win a cup, right? Compared to a lot of Canadian teams that are facing that pressure. Um, so I think we're in a good position here, boys. And that's sort of what I, I was alluding to when I, when I was talking about that. If you allow me to add, though, like, I think fan expectations are a lot different than management expectations. We know what we want in the team, but what does Melnick want from the team? I think that's a little more difficult because on his recent podcast appearance, it's still what... Sorry, it was an interview with someone I forget who it was. It was uh, Bruce Garriosh. No, it was, it was before that. He said that he thinks the Senators can challenge for the playoffs this year. Huh. I remember mm. that. I remember him saying that, and I laughed so hard when I heard that. Yeah. Well, hey, I like, mean, you never know. It's a new division, right? And that's the thing. I think, you know, anything could happen. And you've seen it with other teams. And, you know, there's been shocking years where, where teams, you know, do way better than what they initially thought they would. Um, so anything could really happen. I, I, I mean, who's to deny that? But to expect the Sens to make the playoffs um, is, is a little steep. And I think if he had those expectations, there should be changes uh, uh, to make us compet- more competitive anyway. But, um, you know, I don't think he takes it that seriously. What do you think, Blake? I don't know. I, I don't know. Milik, you never, never know. You really, you really believe that he he's putting the pressure to make the playoffs this year, and like he he. That's you what never he's... know with Milik. You never know with Milik. Mm. He yeah. wants to make money, and if we make the playoffs, we can sell playoff tickets. But yeah, but I, I still think the plan still remains. Like oh, this yeah. is a the year of transitioning outside yeah, yeah. of the rebuild, right? This is the year to finally uh, get settled into what we have here in Ottawa. Like finally, we're d- we're done with the rebuild. This is a new identity. Clearly, they've they, they've rebranded, right? And new players, right? So I mean, this is not the year to be full on competitive. You can't go and be full on playoff team the year you 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 know you finish your rebuild. That would mostly be a, a retool more than anything. But a, a rebuild itself, it, it takes a bit more time. So yeah, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if he can you know see it that way. I mean, he he must be aware that it takes more time than that. But if he truly believes that, I mean, is that a good thing to hear for Sense fans to, to to know that our owner wants to make the playoffs? I mean. I mean, any team would be happy to hear that, really. It's it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's the uh, mixed feelings for me because you know, like I've been fairly uh, uh, critic. I've I've criticized Melnick a lot for the coming years, and honestly, rightfully so. Melnick has, has been involved a lot of uh, 
controversial uh, moments for the past years. But I think he's really, really, really trying to work the ship. I think he's, he's truly trying to win the fan base back. And that I like about that. I think he's trying to fix what he caused. And I truly like that. Yeah. I don't trust him completely yet, but I'm starting to gain my trust back a little bit. And that's Look, a big I'll- thing. There's, think about how many Sens fans probably like looked at looked at the 2017 2018 or 2018 team the first one that like really went down the drain and they said how many how many fans do you think said all right we're not uh we're out no more of this like malnick malnick's just malnick is malnick we're not winning with him i'm out that how many fans do you think said that so the fact that so the yeah exactly so the, the fact that we have we have fans that are starting to come back and even starting to trust Melnick again is just unbelievable. It, yeah. It's a, it, it's pretty cool. It, it really is. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll probably see more of that come as, as time goes on in a sense, be, you know, become more competitive. And that's what I'm trying to tell a lot of people is that you, you can say that, you know, we won't have fans in the stands or whatnot, but look at the 27 cup run. I mean, um, you know, this sense we're packed like full house. Like these, these, you know, these fans are passionate about their team here in Ottawa. And I think, um, you know, as we become more competitive, you'll start seeing more people, you know, jump back on to the bandwagon as time goes on. And I'm super excited to be in that position uh, to cheer my team in a full house uh, as as they go for a cup. So uh, I'm excited to see that, boys, and uh, good to hear from from you guys. Yeah, um, good to hear from you too. Yeah, so I just want to last thing because I I did post uh, we did post on Instagram uh, asking for people to submit some questions for us. So I do have quite a few here. Um, so the first one, let me just pull that up right now. Shouldn't be too long. So all right. So the first question we have: um, Which sense prospect will have the biggest impact on his? his team in the world juniors so we sort of touched on that earlier but what do you guys you know which player do you think will impact his team the most Sanderson. Mm. i don't think you can make an argument for anybody else dude so like the, yeah. Yeah. especially with the how uh even lucas reichel is now not going to be there because of COVID. exactly like that just makes stutzel's uh stutzel's role even bigger because now he has to account for another player who was a second round pick this past year, or yeah. even a first round pick. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I think uh, is, is definitely significant bigger. Simply like I no knock on the German team whatsoever. As of right now, I think that America, the American team and the Canadian team are significantly better than the German team as a whole. I think that. Stutzla is the most important team on that German team, comparing to, for example, Canada and uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Lex is a significant ass player. I know he's not anymore, but let's see who else is there. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many players around him, and in the Amer- in the American team, there's so many players around him. I don't know who's it, around Stutzla right now. It, it really feels like, uh, it, you know, there's always that there's always that discussion whenever the uh, the Hart Trophy comes up. Is what does MVP really mean? Mm, what exactly. does most valuable player really is it the best player or is it the most valuable to their team? It, it feels like the same question. Yeah, exactly. It, so it's it's really tough to it's really tough to say, but it's a uh, it it 
if you if you go with the best player for their team, it'll probably be Stutzel. Maybe the best player, the best sends prospect in the tournament. I may have to turn to Sanderson, just because I uh, I don't know if I don't know if Stutzel has the. He has. I know he can. I know he elevates the play of other people. I know. I know yeah. he's fantastic at that. But but it it's there's a difference between when you have one guy that's making other people better and five guys on the ice all making each other better, right? Yeah, true. So that exactly right. So like, I mean, Germany. I you don't you never want to discount a team entirely, especially no, no. with one with a player like Tim Stutzel. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I have nothing against Germany. I just feel uh, Canada and America are a significantly better team than them. You know, I mean, it, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that would be contested by anybody. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, let's hop on to the next question here. This comes from Hockey Jersey Collections on Instagram. He asks, uh, "How long until we're winning a cup?" Um, I'll, 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 yeah see I'll, I'll i'll start with that as okay. well i I'd probably no no it's okay I, i'd probably give it five years as well man um i think it takes time to build a championship team and our, most of our young guys you know they haven't even reached their 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 potential or their you know um so we'll see i still think there's there's quite some time to be given to uh flourish and especially there's so many strong teams in this league uh, it's never a given, you know, just because you have a strong team that you'll end up winning a cup, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I would love to say less than five years, but ultimately I don't think that's the case. And if we're planning, you know, for to be competitive uh, in our timeline, uh, we'll probably be for the next five to seven, maybe five to ten years. So uh, I'd love to say five years as well, like you, Jacob. I'll make so, um, I'll make a, just before because actually no here I'll let you go because you've got I've got a different answer than you get so I'll right. I'll let you go first. Right. So my first I'm going to answer it in two parts. The thing is, you can I look at it and say when do the Sens make the playoffs and when the Sens make the cup? I think the Sens are going to make the playoffs in the next two or three years, but they're not going to make the cup yet because like it's your first year making the playoffs, you're not going to win the Stanley Cup. There's no way in hell. I think they're going to gradually grow. And after a couple of years of being in the playoffs, I think they're eventually going to make it over the top. So I'm going to say two or three years to make it in to make it to the to the playoffs. But to win, add it on to the two years. I'm going to say three or four, maybe five years. Add it on to that. I'll I'll give it the extra year that you guys want. I'm going to say six years for the sole fact that the that in four years' time from now. This from four years time from this year is when Nikita Zaitsev's contract will come off the books. <laughs> I, I I say that legitimately. I I no, but I say that legitimately because that's that's a that's a pretty big portion big of cap contract. that yeah. that's four four million dollars that you that can, can spend like elsewhere. To, yeah, that could be used to like that four million dollars can be used to fill up a hole. For example, if we need a a, a second line winger, we can get one for a good four or five million dollars. That's it. Yep. Four defenseman, four or five million dollars, no problem. You know. Mm-hmm. That's, See, that's, that's what I mean. Be able to play with. So like, you I'm get that. Yeah. You get him off the books, then you have those about you have about two years after that of buffer time in. Okay, now we can really put everything into our team. You know, that's when Dion Phaneuf's contract is gone. Bobby Ryan's contract is no longer on our on our books. We don't have at that point. Yeah. Uh, we won't have Nilsson anymore. <clears throat> um, he's, he's UFA next year, isn't he? 
he yes he will be he should be a ufa next year i believe next year or the year after one of those two um i believe it's next year because i think the the idea was that it was going to roll with nelson hogberg this year and then that was the original idea yeah the original idea <laughs> until nelson uh was unfit to play by the way, I just want to mention it is two to two in overtime. Minnesota Duluth has yeah. the power play right now. Yeah. Thanks. The goal for that, that was too. scored. The second, the second goal that was scored was uh, was not a great play by uh, mm. Jacob Bernard Docker. Do you want to mention that? But yeah, he he's minus two tonight. I think so. Uh, but Pinto did. Pinto definitely got under their skin right after the goal. He was uh, being followed up and down the ice. So yeah. it's. Uh, it's currently just uh, three three minutes and forty five seconds left in overtime. Yep. All right. So next question here, boys. Um, so Max Rochon he asks us how many points will our top guys get this year. So it, it's not very clear, but uh, I'll just you know make it a bit more clear for you guys. Um, how many you know how many points does Kachuk, Dadnov, and Slesla get this year? What do you guys think? Still, so I'm going to say 30 to 40 points at most because it is a 56 game schedule. I don't think he's going to be point per game. I don't think he's going to be like 10 points. I think he's going to be in the middle of the pack. Brady Kachuk, he's going to elevate his game to a whole new level. I'm going to see if he's going to hit point per game. Dadanov around point per game, and I'm also going to go with Shabbat. He's going to lead the he's going to lead the team in points. Cool, Noah. Yeah, I can I can see all that. The only the only issue with uh, Shabbat leading the team in points. I don't, I don't see that happening just because I don't think the rest of the Sens D is all that good. So they're going to be relying on him for a lot of not only offensive capability, but he's going to play the most minutes in the league. Because like last year, as a 23 year old, he led the league in minutes. And he, uh, he his did, game jumped up a lot. So I think well, he's he played for next step. What did he play like? Didn't he play like minutes. seven? Didn't he play like seven or eight? games in a row that were 30 plus one of them being yep. like 34 minutes or something stupid yep. like that in regulation like yep. unbelievable like he, the kid the kid's uh the kid's a marathon man he's he may be he may be an iron man in the future we'll see we'll see if he can uh keep a game's played streak going but yeah he's gonna be a great player like he's he's gonna be amazing okay so 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 noah what what are your choices though yeah, like what do you yeah. what do you ultimately think for oh. those three guys so I think I think Dadnov is going to lead the team in points. I think it's going to be closely monitored by Kachuk, and then not a little bit after that, it's going to be Shabbat. I think if you're if you if the 56 game season is the is the like set number, that's what we're going with. I think you look at Dadnov hopefully getting somewhere between. 38 to 42 somewhere in that range of points maybe a, a little bit behind with Kachuk and then a, a, even maybe right there with Shabbat too you, you just hope those guys get the points uh and you hope that you see those guys really progress cool along along with Tim Stutzel I think I'll mention I think Stutzel will get uh let's see I can see, I can see, uh, you know, 13, 14 goal campaign out of him. I said 30 to 40 points. Yeah, I can I see think, that. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to the next. This one I will answer for everyone here because I think it's 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 pretty evident. But uh, the question is from Evan LaSalle. He asks, 
uh, Sanderson or Drysdale? And I think we will all say Sanderson, so let's keep it short. And that's our answer. Um, next. Do you mind me go really quickly? I'll take two seconds. Sure. So, obviously, Drysdale is the better offensive player. He's going to be like a, like a more like 50, 60, maybe even 70-point player in the NHL at some point. But I don't think it's very, very far off. Like, for example, Sanderson, Drysdale has more offensive game. But also, um, Sanderson, yeah, sorry. Um, Drysdale has an offensive game first. Sanderson is the other way around, but he also has a great offensive game. I think it's I think the difference between them for their NHL career is only be ten to fifteen points different at most. Hmm. All right. Well, well said. I mean, that's pretty detailed. So uh, we took it as that. But uh, last question. Um, this is actually a quite interesting one. Uh, this comes from Tony Wren. And he asked us, uh, "How was New Era Sens established?" Uh, see, this is yeah, this is something I, I I'm not sure maybe you would know here. Uh, Jake. I joined in a little later. Yeah, exactly. Noah, you've been around for for quite some time, right? So I've been I've been since almost the start. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah, I how I how I joined in was I uh, I just saw a message from um, from Dave, our our founder here, and uh, or one of our founders, I should say. And uh, he he just said, "Is anyone looking to you know join a website?" Was that so, was that a direct message or a, like a tweet? No, it was a, it was actually uh, a tweet. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> it was a tweet. I tw- it was a tweet. I direct messaged him. Uh, we talked for a bit. Yeah, uh, we got to know each other. He seemed pretty cool, so uh, I decided to join yeah. on, and uh, it's only gone up from there. Yeah. So this is this is quite interesting. Um, so I was there from the start, and right. Let me tell you. So it was actually a funny story. Uh, Justin Gardner had tweeted out on uh, on Twitter. He asked. He said, oh, "Anybody want to make a mock draft for the for the NHL draft this year?" I said, well, "You know, why not?" So I messaged him, and we all made a group chat. And you know, he he got Naft, uh, Natalie Clinton, who who joined as well, right? So we we had other guys. Um, so we all made our predictions, and conversations was was going strong and stuff and we all you know the topic just came up how we all we all wanted to start like a blogging website to or a web uh, you know start doing some podcasts uh, things related to the sense we we're all so passionate and um we we all had that idea in mind but we we never really knew how to execute it but what a better way to do it with a bunch of guys who you know share the same mindset right so ultimately there were some guys who who could do it full time and you know dedicate their time there was others that couldn't so uh they sort of dropped out and uh, you know we just got a big group of guys who were interested and as as you know the group grew uh, uh me Dave and Naft were pretty much the, the the main guys from the start and we just kept going from there so we, we found Jake evidently we needed a producer and Jake was well known obviously probably one of the best uh around Twitter when it comes to producing podcasts and you know thankful for that and also Noah which you know we I think he cut out there. Yeah, big cut out. Yeah. There it is. So <laughs> while while Nick starts out his his uh, his mic there, I'm all tell my story how I joined. Sure. So um, Dave and I have known each other for like numerous years. I met him at Overtime Heroics. He was there before. Actually, I've been in Overtime Heroics for about two years. I moved up ladder there, but Dave uh, actually was there just before me. So 
seeing him were the only two senators writers. And at some point, Dave left. I forget why. But me and him always, like, like kept in contact. He's always been great friends. And at one point, I said, hey, Dave, do you want to start a site with me? We started the scoreboard, this scoreboard. And while wow, it's, it's on the back burner now, and um, Dave is not with, with, with that anymore. There's like, stuff behind the scenes that happened. It's okay. Dave and I are really great friends. And at that point, we were not able to set aside our differences. But we have definitely learned to set aside the differences now. Like Dave, I consider Dave like the big brother I never had. Like He's like one of my closest friends ever. And uh, eventually, uh, he was having trouble finding a podcast producer. And he asked me to join. And from there, I said, I can't really guarantee full-time services, but I can because I have, I have so much on, on the play right now. I am the director of hockey now. I'm the site expert at Senshot. I do this. I work full-time, about 48 hours a week. I'm a full-time coach. And I've got a lot going on, so I'm thinking, as much as I want to help you out, Dave, I don't think I have the time to. And I was also trying to start a website, too. Then I eventually uh, figured out that, uh, you know what? The scoreboard, like, Hello? as much as I love it. Oh. Backing, yeah. As much yes, as love, sir. Yeah, it wasn't really working. So, like, I decided to put that on the back burner a little bit and focus a little bit more on this. And I've loved my time with New Era so far. There's been some uh, drama over the past, but I think as a group, we have definitely stepped over that and grew, grown as people. We have definitely mm-hmm. become our own little family, and I love it here. There's been, like, it's, nothing's ever perfect. Don't get me wrong. We're a family. We are, we are, we're our own dysfunctional family, as Dave is. But Dave is the group dad, and he sets us <laughs> straight when we need it. <laughs> Sure, and yeah, we you know what we have a lot more stuff coming as well. I mean, we we did add a few more writers recently, and Brennan, you know, we've had him on the podcast a few episodes ago. Um, so I mean, we 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 have a lot of things coming, and I think we 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 just keep growing, which is super important. I think you know we're still new, so we'll learn along the way, and we'll change things. So that's always important, I think, for for anybody who who gets into these things. It's all about learning, and you know, you know, sharing your experience with others. So, um, we're super excited here at New Era Sends, and you know what, um, we got lots of new things coming for you guys. So, uh, that that does it for this episode, and I just want to thank everyone for listening in and um, you know what uh, super excited to, to see you next episode take care In this moment.